This episode of Roadie Radio is brought to you by free outdoor Wi-Fi at your library. Park or sit outside at your local Ocean State Library and connect to the library parking lot network. No password or library card required. There is no time limit on outdoor Wi-Fi, so feel free to enjoy a beautiful day while getting work done, binging your favorite show, or playing online games. This project has been made possible with generous funding from the Rhode Island Take It Outside Initiative and the Rhode Island Foundation, with a generous donation of equipment from the Information Technology Disaster Resource Center and through partnerships with OCEAN, the Ocean State Higher Education Economic Development and Administrative Network, and your local public library. You're listening to Roadie Radio, Rhode Island Library Radio Online. I'm your host, Lauren Walker, from the Roadie Radio crew and Coventry Public Library. And today I'm talking with Jenna Hetzel and Lauren Schoenberger of Seaworthy Coffee Roasters, a local woman-owned and operated small batch coffee roasting company. Jenna is the owner and roaster of Seaworthy Coffee, and she has created and implemented her own unique slow roasting process. Lauren runs the business side and created the company's branding. Inspired by the water and Jenna's experience with rowing and coaching the women's rowing team at the University of Rhode Island, the company is called Seaworthy because success on the water reflects the same hard work, preparation, attention to detail, consistency, and passion that they put into their coffee. I met Jenna and Lauren through my Millennial Book Club, and as soon as Jenna started talking about coffee roasting, I knew I had to bring them on Roadie Radio to talk about what goes into making a great cup of coffee. So, welcome Lauren and Jenna. Hello. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me about Seaworthy Coffee Roasters and how you got started. Well, that was a really good intro. So I yeah, <laughs> I feel like you hit a lot of the main points. But um, right out of college, I started coaching rowing, like right away, pretty much. And kind of in between stints of coaching at different places, I would always end up working at Starbucks. And it was at Starbucks that I started realizing, like, wow, I really love coffee, you know, like in a different way. And people at Starbucks, they come through with, like, everybody has a unique order. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's intense, you know. And as I was going through that process of, like, learning how to be a barista and everything, it started really intriguing me. I'm like, wow, people are really passionate about their specific cup of coffee, you know. So I think that's what kind of, like, woke me up a little bit to, like, the world of coffee and then... Um, and then, yeah, as I mentioned, like just kind of out of chance and luck, just running into the right person who just needed some help and just getting myself behind a roaster. Eventually, I just, you know, I really started falling in love with it. And then and then it started really having like this craving to like learn everything I needed to learn about it. I love science. I'm like a huge nerd. So I just started like researching like crazy, you know, and learning about the chemistry of coffee roasting and then I started feeling really compelled to like develop my own method because I had all these ideas of how I could change things a little. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that on somebody else's company, you know, so I, I really had to keep it all inside and, you know, eventually realized like I need to do this for myself. So just started the company and took a huge leap of faith and wasn't even able to test out my own roasting methods until I got my own roaster. So that was that was a big risk, but well worth taking, you know, it worked out. Very cool. (laughs) Yeah. So that's how we got started. And then 
like I said before, the pandemic dropped a month after we opened the company. And so we had to quickly pivot to online sales, you know, which ended up working out really well. Um, that, you know, was huge during the pandemic. So I think that's that really like gave us a, a kickstart. And then once the things slowed down with the pandemic and cafes and people started reopening their doors, that's when we started getting a lot of opportunities for brick and mortar outlets and, you know, um, one of our first cafes was South County Bread Company in Wakefield. Um, they took a chance on us. We took a chance on them. And that really kickstarted our, um, you know, our cafe side of things. So nice. so you sell like wholesale to them? And... Yep. Okay. We Yeah, we sell wholesale to South County Bread Company and many other places in South County that serve coffee, sell coffee, you know, in all different capacities. Um, we're also in like, you know, retail locations like Belmont Market and Rock's market and places like that and we're still growing and expanding as well but so yeah so and so we have our online store we have our wholesale partners you know and then our cafe partners which is the cafe is a relationship you know whereas like the relationship with belmont is a more of like a retail relationship and the relationship with a place like the beach rose cafe or you know the bread company is like that's more of like we develop a coffee program with them based on their needs so it's always unique that's really interesting yeah <laughs> so like they request certain roasts or certain yeah. flavors like based on what their, their yeah. uh, customers want yeah essentially you know like um it's it's about like what kind of flavors do we want to offer um what what would complement our products you know and then what do we want to keep on the shelves for people so it's unique everywhere we go had no idea that, that much went into <laughs> yeah. even like a place buying coffee from someone. Oh yeah, well, yeah. It, you know, there's different there's different approaches when it comes to your coffee supplier. So, you know, there we're we're a small batch company. We're we're all about the relationship, you know, with our wholesale accounts. And um, whereas like other companies might be more like one size fits all. Like, hey, we have a program. People just kind of sign up, implement that program, they get all set up. Um, we try to really personalize our offerings, you know, and I mean, at the bread company, Jeff has paired certain pastries with certain coffee flavors, like on purpose, you know, like he did a pistachio uh, croissant one time. And I think we, we did a pistachio cold brew to like kind of go with that, you know, and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's it's creative. Very cool. Uh, what makes your roasting process unique? Yes. So <laughs> this is the question that started it all before the question was ever even really asked. Yeah. This is my favorite question. So yeah, for those that can't see right now, the cheesy grin that we're looking at on Jenna is uh, really big. Mm. Let me take a sip of my coffee before yes, I answer Jenna this. <laughs> made coffee for us, so yeah. I tried to take a sip a second ago and it fogged up my glasses. <laughs> While you answer, I will <laughs> Glasses people problems. Mm-hmm. I get it. Okay, so slow roasting is, you know, it's, it's hard to say. I specifically, I came up with that process over the course of time. Once I was able to get my hands on my own roaster Um, You know, there was a a period of time before I opened where I was really just like nailing down my recipes and trialing, you know, out batches and just kind of uh, narrowing in on the the flavor and the texture and this everything that I had in mind that I wanted to get out of the coffee. I knew before I ever achieved it. Like I just had this like feeling of like I want this like rich aroma. Like I want, you know, I wanted this deep flavor and like 
I like really smooth coffee, you know, so. It is really smooth. I never drink coffee black and that tastes good. I'm not like. Thank (laughs) you. Thank you. Sometimes coffee is like a shot of whiskey for me. Yeah. (laughs) No, that is like really smooth coffee. Oh. I can honestly say as a person who drinks like milkshakes. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Actually, black is totally fine. I, that is yeah. like the best compliment I could ever receive. I thank you. I appreciate and it. It smells that. really good too. Yeah, rich aroma. That was part of the deal. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, I just like had a hunch that if I slowed this whole process down, that I would be able to preserve more of these characteristics that coffee has naturally. I mean, these are the things that people love about coffee. For me, it started with this thing where I never drank coffee growing growing up or. To be honest, even in college, I, I really just didn't drink coffee. But my mom and my aunts and my grandmothers, that was like the first thing they did when they got together. I have so many memories of like waking up at my Nana's house. And it's the first thing I smell is the coffee coming from the percolator, you know. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted coffee to taste the way that it smelled, you know, but it, it never really did to me. And (laughs) yeah, so I think that was kind of like my guiding light a little bit is like, I I know I can make this taste the way it smells. And with all the research, you know, I just was like, man, I I really want to slow this down. And so yeah, it was just kind of like a trial and error process. You know, I would make I would roast a batch, make a tweak. Okay, take a bunch of notes, roast a batch, tweak it again, take a bunch of notes, test it, test it, test it. Talk obsessively about it every evening. <laughs> Into the wee hours, doing more research and explaining why you had the next Yeah, idea. <laughs> I mean, there was days where, like, I would wake up thinking about it. I would go to bed thinking about it. I would be, you know, listening and reading in the bathtub, you know, on my runs. Like, everywhere I went, I just, like, could not get this off my mind until I finally, like, achieved kind of like what I was going for, you know, and then I felt so satisfied, like, and then, yeah, I've just basically kept it from there. I haven't changed much. I haven't actually changed anything about my process in the last four years. Um, so it, it's the idea is, you know, I'm going to use Rouse uh, tomato sauce as an example here, because something I've noticed, I, I love that tomato sauce. I don't know if you've ever had it. Like, I have, yeah. Do, it's on sale. <laughs> it is. It is a little expensive. Yeah, it it is. But um, no, it's definitely good sauce, though. It is. Yeah. yeah. And I noticed, like, I was always like, man, like I'm from New Jersey. Okay, so I'm I'm a bit of a stickler for like good tomato sauce. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, and we make a lot of pizzas at home, and this Rouse sauce just like stood out to me so much. I'm like, eventually, I'm like reading the label, and they're touting slow cooked tomato sauce. And this is years after I started my company. This was more recently, but, and in that moment I was like, there it is. See, like they get it, you know, like <laughs> slow cooked, you know? So it's that idea. My specific process I keep as proprietary information. Yeah. I, I never get into it, but yeah. Well, I know when you were originally telling us at the book club about roasting, you said that like a a lot of people roast like automatically, but you do it manually. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'd I'd be happy to talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what I mean when I say I roast manually is that I keep a paper log. um, I take down my temperatures every 30 seconds. I'm making adjustments on the fly. Um, I do not have any preset. I don't use a computer to roast, essentially. I don't have a preset... Um, you know, preset parameters or a preset curve or anything like that. 
I like coffee grows out of the ground. It's a seed. So it's going to every lot that of coffee that comes in is going to be different based on the environmental conditions that it grew up in and different moisture levels and different, you know, the, the carbohydrate bundles in some varieties are much tighter and, and than in others. So there's a lot of factors that the coffee brings to the table that I, that I want to be open to reacting to. Um, so I don't have like a set, you know, any, like I said, any set parameters and I'm, as I'm taking my notes and I'm taking my temp, I'm keeping track of the curve manually on paper and I'm, and I'm relying a lot more on my gut sense of like just being familiar with the coffee. Like I want to see this or I want to go in this direction a little bit more. I'll smell it. Like I use all five senses when I'm roasting. I'm listening. I'm looking at the color change. Um, you know, I'm, I'm smelling. Uh, I guess not all five senses because I'm not tasting anything until it's done. But at the end of the process, I'll taste it, you know. Um, and then I guess maybe I'm not really touching it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, but anyway, yeah. So that that's what I mean when I say manual. Because if it was automatic, it's like a computer program that just like mm-hmm. just does the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. like uh, you know, it, yeah. Essentially, like people will program in the parameters of the the gas changes and the airflow changes and. To hit you the know, time and temperature curve. To hit, yeah, to hit set goals that are predetermined for the coffee. Okay. And I'm not saying that that's wrong. Plenty of people roast a lot of really good coffee that way. You know, it, there's and 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 they're also reacting to the bean over time too. I'm not not. This is not to say that people don't pay attention to the coffee at all. I'm sure maybe some, but good coffee roasters are paying attention to the coffee. And certainly, there's a lot of coffee roasters out there that I enjoy. Um, but for my process, because I'm doing slow roasting, it's a much more delicate process. It could go awry really quick on me. Mm-hmm. So I stay very present with, you know, never a preset intention, rather certain, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I think you have little guideposts you're trying to hit. Yeah, just just little like indicators that I'm like moving in the right direction for the product that I want, which is that exceptionally smooth finish deep flavor, rich aroma, you know, I, that's, those are my guideposts. So I can taste it. So (laughs) yeah, I don't know if that made a ton of sense. Hopefully it made some. Yeah, no, it definitely made sense. (laughs) Um, so are there different types of coffee beans or like origins that are best? Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm not going to say anything's best. I, I think that they're in the coffee belt, I guess, you know, around the equator where coffee grows really well. Um, every, origin is going to have its own unique characteristics. I buy coffee from all five continents. Um, that's something I'm, I'm really proud of. So, like, so I bring in a wide variety of coffees. Um, if you roast a single origin, like let's say if I roast an Ethiopia Sadamo from Africa, specifically from Ethiopia, that is going to taste wildly different than a Kenya single origin you know, same continent, very different growing regions far away from each other. Um, so those two coffees are just going to be like, you know, night and day compared to each other. Both really good, though, in their unique ways. And then sometimes I'll take multiple origins and I'll blend them together based on certain characteristics that those origins bring to the table. I know that they're going to pair well together and create this this blend that is more repeatable. Mm-hmm. Bl- blends you can kind of repeat a little easier 
single origins, they're going to taste different every new lot that comes in just by nature of the environment changing. So and then as far as quality goes too, I mean, there are different grades of coffee. Oh, there. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's different grades. Of course. Yeah. I, I only source specialty beans. So all of my beans are going to be of a specialty quality grade. Um, whereas, you know, most small batch roasters are bringing in specialty grade coffee. I, I assume, um, you know, if you go to a place like Duncan, you know, that's not specialty grade, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously a different product. Yeah. Yeah. So again, not knocking on Duncan. I know we're in new England here, so don't, don't send out the mobs for me, but, (laughs) um, I've seen the word Arabica beans, Mm -hmm. but I don't know what it means or people should, you know, they'll be like Arabica beans, but like, (laughs) yeah, no, that there's so many marketing gimmicks in coffee. And I I do think sometimes people try to use that 100% Arabica, like, cool, you know, good for you. Like all, most coffees Arabica. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 So most of, I don't know, a specific percentage, but most of the coffee that we drink here in America is Arabica. Um, there's another popular variety called Robusta. Okay, I've heard of that. Uh, yeah. If anybody's ever had like a Vietnamese coffee, um, mm-hmm. you know, with that nice sweetened condensed milk, you know, the way that they, they kind of have, there's like a specific way to make that. That is likely made with Robusta, um, which is one of Vietnam's um, biggest exports is Robusta beans. Um I've bought Robusta beans from Vietnam um, and India in the past. Um, and, and that's a variety that I like to mix into my espresso, you know, um, to be transparent, because it I, I mix a small amount of it in, but it adds a certain um, like a, it adds to the crema, you know, the, the nice little frothy layer that is on top of an espresso shot. So thank you for explaining. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and Robusta beans tend to be a little more bitter. Um, you know, again, I'm not saying better or worse. A lot of people really enjoy it. I mean, you know, talk to anybody from Vietnam and that's the only, you know, like that's how they, you know, drink their coffee. So, um, they're a little more bitter, but it's a much hardier plant. Um, there, there's a lot of talk in the coffee world about like, oh, is Robusta going to start becoming a bigger part of our market? You know, because it's a hardier plant that can withstand the changes in the climate a, a little better. Um, so it's, as of now, it's not. It's still majority Arabica. I assume it's going to stay that way. I think we're going to adapt and, you know, figure out different ways to grow it and prevent the z- disease and everything. So Arabica is not having a problem, but, um, you know, Robusta's up and coming, I'll say. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Um, is your roasting process the same for flavored coffee? Yeah. Yeah. So the flavored coffee. Um, so I actually think this is one of the things that makes my flavored coffee stand out. A little bit more is that I am still roasting a a beautiful specialty bean and I'm, you know, giving it my best. And then I add the flavor onto the bean after they're roasted. So post roast Um, and when they're roasted and rested and everything, then I'll add the flavor. So um, I, I think there's there's an idea out there in coffee world that flavored coffee is not as high quality you know, because you're quote unquote covering up the coffee with the flavor. Mm -hmm. And that may be true for a lot of companies that they're just using a crap bean and just covering it up with the flavor. (laughs) That may be true, but I never wanted to do that. I was like, what if I put a delicious coffee bean under that flavor? You know, would, would that not just enhance the experience? You know, so, so that's how I do it. So even my flavored coffee is specialty. And um, I also do flavored decaf, um, which is unique, and I use a Swiss water process decaf. Um, what is that? Yeah, so that is 
essentially like traditionally coffee would be decaffeinated chemically, which would really just strip it down of all of its character, all of its like good characteristics. And that's why decaf coffee doesn't always taste that great. And it just kind of leaves like this weird chemically aftertaste in the back of your tongue and you know, um, you can see the difference on the bean too. Yeah, it's like kind of like an emaciated green bean. It's oh. very sad looking. It, yeah, <laughs> they, it does look really sad. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I had the pleasure of seeing chemically decaffeinated green bean um, one time, and I was just like, oh boy, like that is, you know, it doesn't look anything like the Swiss water process. So, Swiss water process essentially is just a patented process where the, um, the company Swiss water process decaf takes the coffee and runs it over water for like 48 hours. And I don't know the specifics of their process, but I know that it's, you know, the over time and with the water, they gently strip the caffeine. Hmm. So it preserves all the, the characteristics of the coffee so that when you roast it, it's like a good cup of coffee. Like you wouldn't even know that you were drinking decaf when you drink our way enough Swiss water processed decaf. So once I got that down, I was like, what if I flavored this? You know, like that would probably be pretty good. And and it, it is, it's really good. So I, I'm proud that I offer decaf drinkers a huge variety of, um, you know, not just the regular decaf, but all the flavors as well. So yeah, yeah decaf drinkers. an option a lot of places to I, like flavor decaf. Decaf drinkers are usually forgotten. I was just going to yeah. say that. Yeah, decaf drinkers get left behind and forgotten. You know, people like just are like, oh, here's our decaf. Like, you're fine with that, right? And I'm like, these are still people that enjoy their cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah. Surely. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it is rare. I don't, you know, I'm sure I'm sure someone's doing it out there. I, I personally haven't seen anyone doing flavored decaf. Um. I think also the Swiss water process bean allows me to flavor it because the chemically decaffeinated coffee, I would imagine, would not accept the flavor very well um, because it's going to be the, the structure of the bean is going to be more deteriorated, if that makes any sense. So I feel like it would just kind of maybe absorb it and it just I don't think it would translate very well, but I think uniquely the Swiss water carries it, you know, well. Ooh, I'm yeah. learning so much about coffee. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, what are your favorite roasts and flavors of your coffee? Mm. I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite is engine room espresso because I really like making espresso drinks, but it's also a really good cup of coffee. And as a big dark roast gal, that's my go-to. Yeah. 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 I like the engine room too. I mean, I, I love our espresso shots. You know, I, I my, our just so smooth. Yeah, that that's the goal. <laughs> with the with our espresso, just kind of jumping off of what you just said there, like our our espresso blend is a really sweet espresso. You know, I I made it the way I like espresso. Essentially, you know, there's a lot of different ways to enjoy your espresso. I like it nice and sweet, nutty, chocolatey. Um, you know, I want I want it to mix really well with the milk and just kind of like taste really good until that very last sip. You know. Um, never bitter, always very sweet. So I, I enjoy our espresso shots a lot. We we have a machine at home and we just like nice. yeah, every day. Um, but my favorite, that's hard to say. That's Pick hard. one of your kids. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. That Maybe is, like top three. Yeah. I mean, I so I trend towards the lighter roasts personally. Um, whereas my wife, she trends towards the dark roasts, um, which is good because we've got it all covered. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I really, really enjoy our day beacon. 
that's a fair trade organic blend that is kind of like it's like got notes of like graham and vanilla mm. like graham crackery i i love that um I love Even Keel, the one we're drinking right now. This is one of my favorites. It was like my first blend that I came up with, you know. Um, so I feel like this is truly like to my taste. Mm-hmm. This was, I made this blend when I was just trying to impress myself. And then <laughs> the other blends came throughout as time went on. And I was like, okay, let me get one that's a little more like this and one that's a little more like this. So Even Keel is kind of like my baby. Mm-hmm. So I love Even Keel. And then... If I had to pick a dark roast, I'm going to do... I, I love our mainstay. I, I really... It's a sweet and robust dark roast. And it's it, it's really well balanced. And it's just like super flavorful. And so I like that one too. Um, but that's not to say that I don't like any of I our coffee. I can feel yeah. you being tempted to go down the list. And then I like... <laughs> yeah. I, let me just mention our whole menu. Um, and then as far as the flavored coffee goes, yeah. uh, toasted s'mores is my personal favorite. And then a second to that would have to be the Christmas cookies holiday <laughs> flavor that um, is out for a limited time only. But I, I, I love that Christmas cookies. Will so that one be back next year? It will. Okay. Yeah. Christmas cookies is going to be out every year from Thanksgiving to Christmas. And that's it. And that's the small window. Um, but it, on the yearly basis, like a, as far as something that's available every day, I, I love the toasted s'mores. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. As a flavored coffee person. <laughs> Although... Obviously, if the coffee is good enough, it doesn't need to be flavored. I think well, that might be part of it. <laughs> well, I mean, I think, I think like, you can enjoy both. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, that's, we always try to say, like, there's a lot of, like, um, what's the best way to have coffee? Or what's the best cup? Of, what's the perfect cup of coffee? Like, all that. And I'm just like, it's the one that you love, you know? Like, that. it's the one that you love to drink every single day, every morning. Like, if that means that it's a flavored coffee with cream and sugar then great. I'm, I'm happy to provide the best version of that that I can. If that means a light roast black, you know, every morning over, you know, over a Chemex pour over and you're measuring out every gram and taking the temperature of your water. And then I think that's great too. And I'm going to provide that as well, you know, so. Well, that's very nice. Both are good. I know, <laughs> yeah. As someone who tends to drink like flavored coffee and flavored creamer and like all that stuff, like yeah. I, it's not the most popular answer to give when someone asks. Like, my husband drinks his coffee black, and it's yeah. like cool people drink their coffee black. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just a nerd who like doesn't really like the taste of coffee yeah. and has to mask it with a lot of other things. But like, I will say, like when we went to Italy, we drank mm-hmm. espresso everywhere, and it was so smooth and it was yeah. so good. But like here, mm-hmm. I. I've never had an espresso that I can drink the way I just drank espresso in Italy. So yeah, I think yeah. it just depends on the quality. It really does. Yeah. Like anything, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it, yeah. maybe you just haven't had the right one yet is maybe what I would say, you know? Right. Yeah. I, I bet you would like our espresso. Yeah. Now <laughs> I, I, I can, I can feel it. you challenge accepted. Yeah. I was yeah. literally just thinking <laughs> challenge accepted. I, <laughs> I know maybe I'll even have to try the dark roast. Yeah. Say. Yeah, we'll yeah, <laughs> it's worth a try. Yeah, <laughs> um, that leads into my next question. When actually preparing coffee, do you have a preferred method? Uh, yeah, for sure. I I make all. My, I well, I don't make. I shouldn't say all, but like if I'm just doing it for me and I'm not like testing out different things or whatever, French press, and that's that's how I've prepared our coffee here today. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I like French press because I like that it's immersion. The the beans, um, the grinds sit in the water for a couple minutes and. 
I feel like you get like a nice heavy body, like a full flavor cup. Whereas if you do like a pour over or something like that, it's a little more delicate. Again, nothing's wrong with that. I just like, I like muddy. I like a cup of mud, you know, like, so that's why I like. Yum. Yeah. <laughs> a cup of delicious mud. Yeah. That's such a 90s way to refer to a cup of coffee, like a cup of mud. Yeah. Yeah. True. <laughs> Let's go down to Central Perk and grab a cup of mud. Um but yeah, so for me, it's French press. And then um, we, I also love espresso shots. So yeah. And do you also, do you prefer espresso or French press? Do you have a preference or you just, she's just making the coffee and you're drinking it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of that, but, yeah. but no, I, I like, I mean, honestly, I probably actually drink more than Jenna does, but I. In a day? Yeah, yeah, day, you do. yeah but I'll do first couple be French press and then I like to have a latte. Yeah. yeah, Lauren. Lauren's a, a latte fiend. Um, uh, Lauren, my wife, not Lauren, the host. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> There's two Laurens. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which one is number one or two? <laughs> but you know. <laughs> um, yeah, sh- you every day you you love a latte. Yeah, you love an iced upside down oat milk latte. Yep. Yeah. What's upside down? Great question. <laughs> Upside down to me is the only way to drink a latte. Now, now this is the only place where I'm going to have an opinion like that. Yeah. I love an upside down latte. So traditionally a latte would be espresso shot um, with steamed milk on top of it and a little bit of froth on top of that. An upside down latte is steamed milk with the shot poured on top. Um, to me, it just kind of mixes it up a little better, I guess. I don't even want to say the word better. It just mixes it up. Um, and when you take your first sip, you get a sip of espresso and a sip of the milk. Yeah. I like that. That's what I like about yeah. it. Yeah. And so if you do that, what's what's fun about making upside down iced uh, espresso drinks is usually the densities are different. So things will stay separated. So it becomes this like, if you have like a clear glass that you make it in. So I'll take like, I don't really like to drink wine, but I like like the stemless wine glasses to make my lattes in because, yeah. because I can see the different layers floating on top of each other. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. And then that's where you get that nice effect where you yeah. get a little bit of espresso, a little yes. bit of milk coming underneath the yes. espresso. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We have a lot of fancy like glasses. Um, okay. So that's that. <laughs> thank you for bringing that up. So, okay. I can answer this because I worked at Starbucks. So like there's a macchiato, which would be one thing if you were in Italy. Or at a, at a cafe that does the traditional um, macchiato drink. Then there's a latte macchiato. And that's the macchiato that you're probably thinking of at Starbucks, the caramel macchiato. I just know that in the picture, it's light on the bottom. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. dark on top. That's how they do. Yes. That, that is how they make the macchiato at Starbucks. They pour the shot, the shot on top. And that, I mean, that's, I think that's part of the reason that drink is so popular though. But what is the actual, like if you're in Italy, macchiato? Oh, well that, that? that's going to just be just like an um, espresso shot with more like, I don't want to say a dollop. It's more than a dollop, but it's less than a cortado. It's like, it's like a miniature latte like a very 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 miniature latte you know um so it's more like something that you'll probably still throw back in like one or two you know like sips um yeah it's kind of got like a dollop of like frothed and steamed milk on top of it in a way that's not the best description of it but if anybody is curious like look up a latte chart you can see it online it'll show you like there's the shot there's the double shot you know, then you have like your macchiato and then you have your cortado, which is just like a little more milk than the macchiato. And then you have like your, you know, it goes up in steps basically. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So 
So yeah, macchiatos are not upside down lattes. It's a whole different thing. Gotcha. But Starbucks has definitely conflated the two a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I probably know the answer to this very controversial question. Um, but when you're on the go and you have to stop for coffee, are you Dunkin' people or Starbucks people? You think you know the answer. Oh, no. All right. Wild card. Wawa. <laughs> well, this is Rhode Radio, and we don't have Wawa in Rhode Island. I'm sorry, Rhode Island. I did grow up in New Jersey, and if I have to stop off the side of the road, I will drive 200 miles. Oh no, my God. I'm kidding. I do love Wawa coffee. I'm not going to lie. It's very nostalgic for me. Um, but anyway, to answer your question, it's going to have to be Starbucks. You know, I haven't had a Dunkin' Latte in a long, a very long time, though, so... That's not an educated answer because who knows? Maybe maybe they're comparable to Starbucks. I don't know. But I know Starbucks better because I worked there. So I kind of know how to order my very specific drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the baristas always know that I was a former barista by the way that I order. Yeah. Like, yeah. That happens to me when I order a Taco Bell because I usually work <laughs> at Taco Bell. And yeah. I was there recently with my mom. And after I ordered, she was just like, "You." she actually said, you order at Taco Bell the way some people order at Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That is funny. I have a lot of modification. Yeah. Taco Bell aficionado <laughs> over yeah. here. Yeah. So, so what's your order? Yeah. What's your order? Um, I like to, if I'm going to get a burrito, Here's something that a lot of people don't know. You yeah. can get anything grilled and it's no extra charge. Huh, okay. So I like to order vegetarian at um, Taco Bell, not because their meat isn't good or anything, just because I think it's a great place to eat vegetarian and I try to be more plant-based whenever I can. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will do a cheesy bean and rice burrito with no jalapeno sauce um, grilled. And sometimes I'll do a Crunchwrap Supreme. Mm sub beans for beef, add potatoes. Mm. And hmm. that is very good. Wow. I yes. did not yeah. <laughs> I did not know you could do that. So those yeah. are those are my two huh. go tos. Nice. I won't do the crunch wrap supreme unless someone like if I'm driving I'll do the burrito because I can eat that with one hand. Yeah. Crunch wrap is like it's <laughs> yeah. portable, but it really is it's not. not yeah. no. <laughs> no. It's a commitment. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah. We make crunch wrap supremes at home, um uh, like the homemade version. They're of really them. good. Yeah. We yeah. did we never did that until the pandemic and then we were yeah. like, why don't we make these more often? Yeah. They're really good at home. Yeah, yeah, easy yeah. to make, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. nice. <laughs> um, but I didn't mean to interrupt you, Lauren. What oh, you, I thought your... I was skirting this controversial no. question. <laughs> I read this one ahead of time, and I was like, "This is a trick." <laughs> um, I would have to say Starbucks. I love, like I said, I love my espresso drinks. Um, but growing up, I was always a Dunkin' iced coffee gal. So I think meeting Jenna really changed that, though, because mm-hmm. I was introduced to the way, again, a barista, a former barista could order and it sort of unlocked, like, combinations I hadn't thought about. Well, I'm, a, I'm a plain bagel, you know, vanilla ice cream kind of gal. I order <laughs> off the menu. I, I, didn't, I don't order off the menu, you know what I mean? Right. And I didn't realize I could until I met Jenna, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think, like, I wasn't working there when we started dating, but I did do a stint at Starbucks yeah. when we were dating. And yeah. I... I feel like I really um, opened up a whole world of modifications. Yeah. I would be like, just let me make the drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just going behind the counter. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I because of the amount of flavor and cream I put into my coffee, there is no difference whatsoever to me between Dunkin' <laughs> and Starbucks. I'm like, whatever. So you don't have a preference? I don't have a preference. I mean, I'll maybe Dunkin' just because there's more of them. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, 
I very rarely am like passing a Starbucks, so I don't really mm-hmm. go to Starbucks very often. But when I do, it tastes good. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like I think they do a good job for what it is. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's fast, it's convenient, it's a, a huge menu. Dunkin' has really upped their game in the last like 10, 15 years, you know, with their specialty drinks, trying to keep up with the Joneses, you know? Yeah. Um, they've kept themselves alive, you know what I mean? Like, I, I also grew up uh, grabbing a Dunkin'. I'm having such a hard time with this question because now I'm remembering too, like, so I um, I played lacrosse in college and a teammate and I both were the two that loved coffee. And when we would have a morning practice during the week, we would walk to campus and we would stop and get small Starbucks drinks. But then on game day on Saturday, our big pregame ritual was to drive over to Bethesda and get an ice Duncan. So like they both have such an important role to play. <laughs> you didn't know when you typed this I didn't one. Know. Yeah. 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 I like feel like I'm betraying one by choosing the other, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fine. So Duncan and Starbucks are both acceptable. Yeah. yeah. And, we yeah. don't discriminate here at Seaworthy. We 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 just like love coffee yeah. and I feel like you just have to know what you're getting. Yep. If you're buying from a small batch specialty company like mine mm-hmm. and you're you're getting like a nice slow roasted coffee then enjoy that for what it is you know but if you're looking for a milkshake coffee then like you know there's a place to go for that too and that's okay too (laughs) (laughs) no shame i love the java chip frappuccino like i'm i have no problem ordering a milkshake at starbucks so (laughs) (laughs) that's comforting for me yeah Um, Well, that's awesome. I feel like we've learned so much about coffee today. Um, Since this is a podcast, I also wanted to mention your new podcast, Rom-Com Me Not. Uh, (laughs) Do you want to tell our listeners what the premise of that is? I would love to. This has nothing to do with coffee. Just for anyone that's listening, this is just like a completely separate creative endeavor. But um, my wife, Lauren, and I, and um, one of my best friends from college, Whitney, we, Whitney and I rode together. You were I. We were teammates there. And then I also rode down in Virginia with her at her home club. And we started this podcast called Rom-Com Me Not. And essentially, it's <laughs> it's just meant for fun. We we watch a, rom- a different rom-com every week. And the whole premise is, like, we don't love the movie or, like, we don't love rom-coms. But really, we do. You know, because as we start talking about it, like... I tend to go into these episodes like angry about the rom-com. I'm like, this is insanely outdated and sexist and just misogynistic. And like, you know, I'm a, but then by the end of the episode, I find myself loving the movie, you know? Um, And so, yeah, we just kind of like talk about the movie, a little bit of a synopsis. um, And then a couple fun questions that we like to answer at the end. Um, I think Whitney loved the rom-com from the start, usually, whereas, like, Lauren and I are probably a little more harsh on it, and then I feel like we kind of flip-flop a little bit, you know? Usually one of us loves it. Yeah. At, by the end. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, it's just fun. It's a fun podcast, yeah. So, if you're, you know, into rom-coms or not into rom-coms, I, you know... <laughs> there's something in it for you. <laughs> there's something in it for you, yeah. There you go. Covers everyone. Yep. <laughs> um, so, what are your favorite and least favorite rom-coms? Oh, my gosh. And well. Why? Okay. Okay. Well, well, I can already. I can. Let me start with the least favorite. Um, oh, I even. I hate to say this, but what was the one called that we, that we just, just watched? We couldn't do it. Oh, Happiness for Beginners. Yeah. Yeah. Happiness for Beginners. Oh, I hate. Oh, it's I a hate, Netflix one. 
I hate to even put this out onto the airwaves because I actually really enjoyed all the actors and the actresses in that one. Like Ellie Kemper, right? Yeah. uh, Okay, I like her. Yeah, Yeah, she's great. Ellie Kemper is like, yeah, great great cat. Like, it's, again, the actors... Sometimes that happens. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was the writing. I think it was like a Netflix movie that just kind of got pushed out, Mm -hmm. you know? And But I think they brought in really good, you know, like a cast, you know what I mean? So, yeah, so I don't want to, like, disparage Ellie Kemper at all because I love her, but... um. But yeah, that one was just, it was difficult. The writing was bad. It was, it was in, incoherent, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> did you watch that one? No, okay. but now I want to. <laughs> well, yeah, see, see, that's the thing. Even I'm if it's bad. I'm a fan of So Bad It's Good. Like, yeah, it's yeah. one of my favorite genres of movies. Yeah. Hey, I think Happiness for Beginners <laughs> might be on that path. You know, we'll, we'll check in in 10 years and see if it became like a, you know, a cult, cult classic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but as of now, I can't, I can't stomach it, but um. I don't, it, you agree with me on that one, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then it's, go ahead. You do your favorite. Well, I have actually two favorites now. So one is actually a romantic comedy and that would be Sweet Home Alabama. Um, yeah. I loved that movie when I was younger and then I hadn't seen it for like a decade and we watched it and I just, the, it's, I'm just so tickled by, it. it's such a, the lines <laughs> are so good. There's so many good one-liners, but the way that they made the characters actually feels like it could, it, they could all be real people, you mm-hmm. know, like it all fits really nicely together. They're all um, flawed, you know, yeah. in, in very real ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then my other favorite movie that I made us do, but it's not really a rom-com, but I can make a good argument for it. You can listen to the podcast to find out what that is. But um, it's this movie called Connie and Carla. Um, it's got Tony Collette, who I, I adore. I, is that the one? Tell me what it is. And I've so, never seen it. It's Tony Collette, and then I can never remember oh, the actress what is, from My oh. Big Frat Greek Wedding. But yes. it's the two of them. They witness... Yes, yeah. I have seen it. Yep, I yep. loved that movie in high school. Now I yes. should watch it again. Uh, yeah. You're the first person nice. I've ever met out in the wild that's ever seen it. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah I yeah. loved it. It's yeah. hard to find that one. It's oddly not available anywhere. We had to... I have the DVD. Well, we own the DVD. <laughs> but then, like, we, we had the... Whitney had to, you know, get a purchase copy because... Um, you can't stream it. can't stream it. Oh. Yeah, it's really weird. I think weird. I got it on... I'm dating myself. DVD through Netflix. There you go. <laughs> yeah. You're dating yourself to the same date range as us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I, uh, if we have any younger listeners. <laughs> That's what uh, Netflix, Netflix used to be. Put a movie in the mail and sent it to my house. <laughs> yep. And then I yeah. watched it and put it back in the mail and sent it back. To yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. That's so funny. What those, a time to be alive. Those, yeah. Seriously. Those were the days, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, were you all set on Connie and Carla? Sorry, I don't want yeah, to cut into your... Yeah, we connected. I forget about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I wish I could remember her name. She deserves some credit. She's such a good actress. Is it, like, is it Mia Virgolis? Mm, I don't know. I honestly cannot locate my phone either. Oh, okay. Do you have a right. favorite Jenna? We'll, okay, we'll while you this. look that up, my... this is really accurate to what our podcast is like. One yeah. of us is like, who is this person? Yeah. And then... This is a good snippet. Um, yeah, yeah. My favorite um, always has been and probably always will be The Wedding Singer. I love that. That's a good one. Yeah, I love that movie. It's held up really well over the years. Okay, I'll have to watch it again. It's so funny. And and Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler just have great chemistry, you know, and it's like like the peak of their chemistry in that movie. Um, But I also find that, like, I, I didn't feel cringed out at any part, you know, of it. Yeah. But but it still felt like a movie from you know, like, what was it, like the late 90s or whenever it so, came yeah. out. Yeah, like, it felt like a movie from that time. But it didn't, it wasn't upsetting. <laughs> and it's well, really. that's good. Yeah, it's funny. The early 2000s is where it gets more upsetting, I find. Yeah. I feel like the 90s was mostly fine. Yeah. Although, so I also don't love rom-coms. Um, yeah. And I, like, 
grew up, I'm the only child of a single mom, mm-hmm. and our, like, activity that we did together was watching movies. We'd go to Blockbuster, and then we Aww. got them in the mail from Netflix. That's <laughs> and awesome. And she would always get two movies for herself and one movie for me, and mm-hmm. she loves romance, people dying of cancer. <laughs> oh, like, no. <laughs> like, the most, like, sappy and yeah. depressing movies are her movies. Lifetime. Like, yes. Yeah. And I'm the opposite of that. Yeah. Um, but I had to watch a lot of them growing up because that's what we were doing. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like I have to now go back and revisit some of these. Yeah. I, yeah. When I was, like, writing this question, I was like, I don't – I don't know what my least favorite would be, although I really dislike when Jack Nicholson is a lead love interest. Yeah. Ooh. I find him to yeah. be a little bit Hot creepy take. as a love interest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he can only ever be in The Shining to me. I, yeah. He's yeah. good as, like, a dramatic actor, yeah. and he's good in, like, comedies, but yeah. when he's, like, the romantic lead, I'm like, mm, I don't get it. Yeah. Like no, he's real creepy. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Yeah. He has well, this, like, look with, like, his eyebrows. I'm like, yes. uh-oh. Yeah. Like, when is this going to turn into the murder? <laughs> Uh, movie that you know it's supposed yes, to be yeah, yeah a thriller yeah. Yes, yes. yeah oh my god that's such a good take though I love that maybe we have a future <laughs> rom-com be not um guest yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah that would be awesome yeah um, yeah um I think my favorite is probably because I watch it every year around the holidays the holiday I okay. do. I think that's the most recent rom-com that I've watched, and I don't even care at all about the Jude Law, Cameron Diaz storyline. Mm-hmm. I just think the Kate Winslet and Jack Black storyline is so adorable <laughs> that it like, yeah. carries the whole movie. Yeah. Jack Black is so charming. Like, Yeah. He yeah. should do more like romantic lead roles. I yes. Feel like, like, let's swap out Jack Nicholson for Jack Black. Yeah. <laughs> no, I totally agree with you. I feel like Jack Black is like underappreciated for his, like, diversity of the types of characters that he can do. He can be, like, this school of rock kind of guy, like, disheveled, like, kind of ridiculous, like, teacher. Or he can be, like, the most charming, like, star of, like, a rom-com. Like, yeah, he, he Jack Black is very talented, dude. Like Agreed. And he's a great musician. I had a dream once that my best friend was marrying him. And no way. We hope someday it comes true. That would be amazing. <laughs> that would, I would love to have that guy in my life, like in any capacity. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. cool. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. I looked up the actress's name. Yeah. Nia Vardalos. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. She is fantastic yeah. and hilarious. Yeah. Cool. Well, is there anything else that we didn't touch on that you'd like our listeners to know? Um, I don't think so. I think, I think we like touched on everything. I really appreciate you having me on here and giving me the opportunity to, you know, talk about my business and, you know, we love what we're doing. You know, I'm just uh, appreciative of the opportunity to talk about it. I I love talking about coffee. So (laughs) (laughs) I could tell from the very first time that you like mentioned coffee roasting. I think it was the the one meeting that you were not there for. Yeah. Um, And you were like, I'm sorry, I'm talking so much about coffee. But we were all like, we didn't know any of this. (laughs) This is great. I know. I'm always worried that I'm like, you know, overdoing it. Um, But I, I do love it. I mean, I feel like most people are interested in hearing about like coffee a little bit though because like everybody most people drink it every day you yeah. know it's a big part of our lives it's yeah. like a cultural thing but like i i love um just on that topic like the millennial book club that we're in that you're facilitating through the coventry library like we love it yep. it's a huge part of our lives at this point and so like thank you for doing that yeah. and yeah and just to even bring us together even for this opportunity is like it's this is really cool. Like we're we're like stoked to be here. So oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you guys for coming to my Millennial Book Club. Yeah. I think you were some of the first 
people who joined and yeah. you know i thought maybe no one was going to come oh no <laughs> so. no it's great no, it's great we have such a great group too. i know we look yeah. forward to it every month we really yeah. do nice. yeah and yeah. the books are great that yeah. you're picking out and everything yeah um well thank you for joining me um thank you for having great us to have you here yeah thank you thank you for listening you can find more information about Seaworthy Coffee Roasters at seaworthycoffeeroasters.com, and you can follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Seaworthy Coffee Roasters. You can find the Rom Com Me Not podcast on Spotify or YouTube. Rhodey Radio is proud to be a resident partner of the Rhode Island Center for the Book and brought to you by library staff and community members all around the Ocean State. The project has been funded in part by grants from the Rhode Island Council for the Humanities, the National Endowment for the Humanities, and the American Library Association. You can find more from Rhodey Radio on Facebook and Instagram, and if you enjoyed today's episode, subscribe to Rhodey Radio and rate or review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to help us reach more Rhode Islanders.